0: Welcome to Today's Issues, offering a Christian response to the issues of the day. Here's your host, Tim Wildman, President of the American Family Association.
1: Well, good Thursday morning, everybody, December the 29th. Thanks for joining us here on American Family Radio. Tim Wildman here for as long as my voice holds out. Fred Jackson joining me. Good morning, Fred.
0: Good to be with you on the last Today's Issues of the year. Yep. (laughs) We are going to have Trivia Friday. Trivia Friday tomorrow. But it's not the uh, Today's Issues
1: format. Chris Woodward. Good morning, Chris. Good morning. And in Kansas City is our good buddy, Ray Pritchard. Good morning, Ray.
2: Hey, Tim. It's good to be with you. How are you feeling? I can hear your voice a little bit scratchy. How are you feeling? Yeah, I
1: usually have a... A golden voice but
2: it's <laughs> just so not
1: there the last couple three days and uh fred gave me some green tea yesterday mm-hmm. that i mm-hmm. took that this morning twice and uh green tea i've got some popcorn <laughs> which is very therapeutic if you read up on it
3: <laughs> especially
1: for uh voice issues right <laughs> uh, I, I googled that this morning and he, you got to go around the world. You got to follow the science, but eventually you get that's to right. the,
2: follow the science. Hit the popcorn early,
1: right? right. You got to hit the popcorn early in the morning to be able to uh, have any chance of you know having voice recovery. I don't know. We'll see how long it goes. I know it's annoying for a lot of people to listen to my voice in this way. Um, we'll, that's why I got you, you three fellas. That's right. And guests today.
0: Uh, we got uh, who who are our guests this hour? Jan Markel of Understanding the Times will be with us at the bottom of the clock, and then our good friend Alex McFarlane joins us at uh, uh, fifteen minutes before the hour. So uh, great guests, always have interesting things to say. Now, Ray, you got a special uh, the New Year's
1: about about upon us, and you uh, and Keep Believing Ministries, which is your ministry that you head up. You got something big going on, right?
2: Well. I gotta tell you, Tim, God put this on my heart. I mean, you know, usually in January we all think we want to read through the Bible, right? We um, we want to go to Genesis to Revelation, and many of us start, and let's be honest, uh Leviticus destroys so many good intentions. <laughs> I think I can. I think I
3: can. <laughs> we can't
2: get past Leviticus, you know. It has been the death of a lot of Bible reading projects. And in the last several months, the Lord put on my heart it's unusual. For me to say it this way but it's been heavy on my heart that I should read through the Bible in 2023 now I've done this before but what I'm going to do is different I've never done this before and I've just kind of just beginning to get started into it I'm going to read the Bible out loud each day online and I'm inviting people to go with me from Genesis to Revelation starting this coming Sunday on Genesis 1 through 3 and Monday Genesis 4 through 7 and Tuesday 8 through 11 and uh we're we're going to put it out there on Facebook and on YouTube and on Rumble and on the Keep Believing website and we've got the reading schedule is posted if you go to keepbelieving.com on the very front page there you'll see a video intro from me and uh, uh and, and the daily reading schedule we we've, we've we We're following the order, Tim of the Old Testament and the New Testament books, but in the traditional reading plan, if you just go Genesis to Revelation, you don't hit the New Testament until October the second or October the third. I'd like to get to the Gospel a little earlier, so we're going to do Genesis, then we're going to do fifteen of the Psalms, and then we're going to do Exodus, and then we're going to do the Book of Matthew in we're going to do Matthew in February and Mark in, let me see, in March. And then we're going to hit Luke in April. And then in about early June, we're going to hit the Gospel of John. So it's all in order, but we've interspersed Old and New Testament books. And it's very interesting to do it that way. One other thing, um, honestly, uh, I have thought to myself, uh, I want to do this as a legacy project. that uh, I don't know, you don't know how much time you have on earth, and I'm in reasonably good health at this point, but you start thinking about what legacy do you want to leave, and I want to record me reading the Bible all the way through from Genesis to Revelation so that after I'm gone, people will say there was a man who loved the Word of God, who believed it, and was not afraid to say so publicly. So anyway, I want to say to all of our AFR listeners, you can come to the Keep Believing website, uh which is keepbelieving.com keepbelieving youtube channel or find us on facebook and join us you can just listen in uh as i read through from genesis to revelation starting on january the 1st
1: now you are a uh you were a pastor for many years so you wrote many sermons you also uh, teach the bible even now around the world uh my question to you is how are you going to be able to read the Bible without commentary?
2: Well, the answer is I'm not. It's impossible for me to do that. Okay. And and so I'm going to – I'm not going to, quote, teach my way through the Bible, but some places you just got to stop. You just got to stop and say something. You got to make some comments. Okay. So it's, you know, this, this – uh, and I've already started recording some of the segments – and uh, it sort of feels like I'm trying to crawl up Mount Everest on all fours backwards. That's the way it feels <laughs> to me. And you
1: know who you'll see when you get to the top?
2: <laughs> J. Vernon McGee. That's right, Jay. Vernon. That's right. Right, the Bible bus up to the top of, <laughs> of, of, of Mount Everest. Well, you know, there's these fellas, this Alexander Scorby, who who did the King James reading of the Bible in that beautiful British accent many years mm-hmm. ago. The fellow who did the NIV in a deep British voice. I got a little bit of the Southern, a little bit of the Chicago, and you realize you I'm not a professional reader, but I am a pastor and a Bible teacher. So it's, let's say each day it's 15 to 20 minutes long, mostly Bible reading with a little bit of devotional commentary and a little prayer and a little encouragement. So it's not just sit down and read the Bible, but it's, hey, what I yesterday I was recording the part about Jacob and Esau. You got to say something about Jacob and Esau and God's providence there. So uh, it's been it's been fun, and I have ten days recorded and only three hundred and fifty five more to go. So, <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, come and join us. Oh, uh, great! Well, yeah, you need to get a little bit ahead because you never you got to travel. And, I got to travel. Yeah, yeah, and your voice hungry. may go out like mine did. Yes, exactly right. You know, you may wait if you try to do it all live. You may wake up at five thirty one morning and realize, right, uh, my voice is mm-hmm. gone. What are you going to do then?
1: Now, uh, was it Charlton Heston? Did he read the Bible through? a Few years I don't ago, know. you remember seeing that on TV? That ad? Oh, I guess so.
2: That, that I do remember seeing that ad years ago. You could ago. buy
1: the. This was back for uh, CDs, I think. Right, you could right. buy the. Uh, cds with charlton i I think i want to say it was the whole bible i'm not sure exactly i always wondered how
2: how can you beat moses reading the whole bible i know know, charlton (laughs) heston the voice of god almost i
1: always wondered how how uh, a bible reading by jeff foxworthy would have done (laughs) Um, (laughs) you know if, if that would have if he had been able to his you know
2: you yeah. might be a redneck, yeah. Yeah,
1: I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Jeff Boxworthy is a Christian, as I understand it. Right. So uh, all right, let's uh, that, take advantage of what Ray's offering there at keepbelieving.com. All right, Christopher, what's leading the news?
4: Well, we begin with uh, good news and bad news involving Buffalo, um, which, of course, has been on the um, everybody's mind the last few days uh, due to the horrific uh, snow and other situations going on there. Uh, The good news is roads have reopened, and that's a big issue because Buffalo, I don't know how many people realize this, uh, Buffalo is the second largest or most populous city in the state of New York, and roads have reopened there uh, after all that heavy snow uh, fell for several days uh, in western New York. Um, So now National Guard trucks and emergency teams, uh, disaster relief ministries, they're going to be able to get to uh, people easier, Um, The bad news is uh, the death death count in Buffalo has risen slightly to about 37, 38 people. Uh, That's up from just a few yesterday. But hopefully now that people can get around uh, more easily, they'll be able to uh, get um, search homes and get people the uh, food and water they might need.
0: Those folks are going through such a rough time. I think we mentioned yesterday, uh, temperatures now they're approaching 50 degrees. So it's uh, temperature whiplash. So now uh, the the governor there of the state, uh, Kathy Hochul, has uh, ordered uh, another emergency to get ready for possible flooding. And they're getting set to uh, deploy nearly 800,000 sandbags and more than 300 pumps and generators for flooding response efforts if needed. So they're going from – they're still recovering from that big st- uh, snowmageddon uh, plus, now they're getting ready for possible flooding. So, this is a city in America that's really, really getting hit hard right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just got a couple of pictures from Steve Pabber.
1: Mm. Eight Days of Hope offices there in Buffalo. Still it's, a lot of snow. There's snow halfway up the building. Yes. Uh, I'm literally halfway up the building there. Mm-hmm. Piled up and. You know, I don't. Even if it gets fifty degrees, I mean, I know snow melts, but that that's going to take a long time. Oh yeah, it, well, it probably won't all winter all oh. altogether unless yeah. it stays fifty and above for weeks.
4: I'm I just turned forty, uh, and the biggest or most snow I've ever seen in my lifetime here in Northeast Mississippi, where I live, was nine inches, which pales in comparison to what people like uh, you know Ed or Fred or. Uh, Ray, and other people have experienced. Um, so, I mean, nine inches, we, we panic when we hear there's going to be snow. Mm-hmm. Uh, Buffalo, they're accustomed to these kinds of things. But to get that much snow uh, in that quick amount of time, it, it's a big uh, big issue, certainly. And we need to continue mm-hmm. praying for those folks.
0: Did I see a picture where the American portion of Niagara Falls actually froze? Mm-hmm. That's, that's amazing mm-hmm. that that would happen because that water has so much pressure coming mm-hmm. over it. Mm-hmm. But for that to freeze, um, it's it's hard to believe the picture of a of the Niagara Falls that portion of it freezing.
4: Yeah, people may not realize this Niagara Falls. There's actually two. Yes. Fred knows this. Uh-huh. Uh, you have the Buffalo side, uh, which uh, you can only see from Canada. Mm-hmm. Pretty much, if you're in Buffalo, all you see is water. Like running somewhere you know you you can't see the cliff uh if you're on the canadian side you get the horseshoe falls mm-hmm. very pretty that's where the may of the mist uh, ship goes yes uh, so that way you can get sprinkled on uh and so you can see both sides if you're in canada that's i i'm um That's just one of those things you'll probably never hear again that niagara falls froze yeah it's
1: frozen before uh but you're, you're right how, how does that
2: happen i mean what's the where do, if it freezes? Where does the water upriver go? Does it freeze on the top and the water flow underneath it? I mean, that's it's a, those pictures are phenomenal,
0: unbelievable. Yeah, it's just I, I think it's ice on ice. Some water flows over the ice, and it was so cold that it was freezing almost instantly.
1: Well, can, can
0: you can you see pictures right now
1: of, of the of the Niagara Falls freezing?
4: Yes. Yeah. And I'm going to I'm going to post a link to our Facebook page as well.
1: OK. <clears throat> um, yeah, it's uh, and they, they're, you know, the National Guard.
0: Unfortunately, you're finding mm-hmm. other people who passed away. Yeah. There's a report on the Associated Press that police officers were using their own snowmobiles, their personal snowmobiles to go door to door to check on people. Mm-hmm. Uh, tough, tough time. Chris,
4: speaking of a tough, tough time, uh, people uh, that have been stuck in an airport uh, still waiting to get on a Southwest flight or maybe some other carrier. Southwest, of course, has become a household conversation uh, topic for the last few days. Um, It was blamed initially on the weather in places like Buffalo, but then there were stories and even comments from uh, executives that it was a logistical issue. Flight crews were sent to the wrong cities. uh, And now we've had some, (coughs) excuse me, We've had some people actually blaming uh, Southwest a bit for kind of creating their own problem. Um, I've got a couple of sound bites here. Let's begin with this one. It's Captain Casey Murray of the Southwest Airlines Pilots Association. He was on Your World with Neil Cavuto yesterday saying Southwest was not prepared for the recent problems it experienced. Clip one. Southwest wasn't prepared. And unfortunately, this has been a decade in the making. We have sounded alarm bells. Um, We have we have tried to get them to change processes, but it's a combination of processes,
5: outdated technology and infrastructure.
4: Now, to make things even more interesting here, um, Fox's Peter Ducey did a segment today on Fox and Friends about the announcement from Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg that the government is going to investigate this situation and figure out what exactly Southwest knew, what it didn't do, that kind of thing. Pete who? Peter Ducey was talking about Pete Buttigieg, the uh, transportation secretary.
1: How do you pronounce that name again? Boot Edge Edge. Okay, thank you.
4: uh, Secretary Pete. Uh, So he he basically said, hey, we're going to investigate Southwest and we're going to get to the bottom of this. But according to Fox's Peter Ducey, Secretary Buttigieg was warned months ago about the potential for travel problems, problems that uh, Secretary Pete did not foresee in a September television interview, clip two.
5: New York's Attorney General may have seen this coming before the feds did. Letitia James wrote to Pete Buttigieg, I write out of concern for the deeply troubling and escalating pattern of airlines delaying and canceling flights over the past several months, particularly over holiday weekends. That was in August. And then Buddha Judge shrugged off concerns a month later in September.
4: We'll be sorted in time for the holidays. I think it's going to get better by the holidays. We're really pressing the airlines to deliver better service.
5: That just did not happen. And Southwest is apologetic, but it's unclear this morning how much uh, contrite tweet is providing comfort to someone who is sleeping on the floor of an airport.
1: Right. Um... All right, what I'm going to say is going to be somewhat unpopular. I, I, You know, folks, if you're going to sign up to go on an airplane around Christmas time, uh, you're running a big risk, okay, uh, because the uh, airlines are already f- overflowing mm-hmm. and the airport's already overflowing. You throw in a, a winter storm, which is always a possibility, I don't know, you know, I I do have sympathy, and then on the other hand, I'm going, you know, you signed up for this risky business, Ray. Well,
2: that's true. However, and correct me if I'm wrong about this, but isn't it true that there were not similar problems? American Airlines didn't have problems like this. United didn't have problems like this. Delta didn't. So you've got these other equally huge airlines that, I mean, the other three fly all over the world right so something really went i mean you're you're first of all you're totally right if you're going to fly at christmas time thanksgiving new years but especially christmas new years you got to be ready for anything to happen okay totally agree on that but Southwest dropped the ball. Well, bomb. that's true. Tim, have you, seen, have you seen the pictures of the luggage? Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the, you know, from the Denver Airport, from Midway Airport in Chicago, like luggage, hundreds and thousands of pieces of luggage just lined up.
0: I wonder if um, they could go bankrupt from this disaster. Their, their stock has really fallen in the last couple of days. I, I heard that the CEO has tried to explain, and he has admitted their computer system for how they allocate their crews is antiquated. In other words, it's way out of date. It is not sophisticated as American, United, or Delta. And so uh, he is saying publicly, yes, there's work that we have to do to bring our computerized system that schedules crews. We need to bring that up to date. But today, this morning, they've already canceled... 2300 more flights. They're now saying it's going to be into next week before they start to get ready. And I don't understand that, guys. The weather has improved. We're starting to see Yeah, it's no I mean, longer the I, it's no longer the weather. It's no longer the weather. So I mean, if you have to get crews to another location, that should be fairly easy at this point. As far as I know, most airports in the country are now wide
1: open. Yeah, you're you're saying I'm looking at that headline, Southwest cuts twenty three hundred flights today. You mean there's you mean they have twenty three hundred flights within the continental United States in one day? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They're more than that. Yeah, if you know, you're wanting to fly from let's 2, say Memphis to
4: Dallas, Southwest would be one of the first options you would come across if you were looking online for an airport or an airline. Right.
1: Well, you know, all this luggage like you're talking about, Ray in airports all over America, somebody's got to make sure those people get their luggage whenever they get it. You know, yeah,
2: it's a mess, right?
1: Yeah, a absolute a mess and a catastrophe. You I mean I've had? To, I don't I've remember had,
2: ever yeah. seeing anything like this.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I didn't. I, I was just saying when you're when you travel, like you said, when you travel at Christmas time on an airplane, in particular, you're running a risk of, of big problems, mm-hmm. but you're right. Uh this is the what Southwest has gone through, what people who flew southwest have gone through is nothing like no uh a normal a quote normal traveling. I've route. had to
0: spend like twelve hours in a terminal because of bad weather yeah. waiting for the next flight. Some folks are spending four and five days. No, you go stir crazy. Four or five days.
4: You could have driven yeah. to where you were going, Yeah, the and speed.
1: then you can't get your <laughs> luggage.
4: No. Right.
1: Uh right. So
4: I know a lady who is pregnant, six months pregnant or so, uh, that got caught in this travel flight mare, as it's now been referred to by Fox News. Uh, and she basically, she lost her luggage. Uh, she's pregnant, as I mentioned. And most of her maternity luggage is like Lord knows where. Like, she doesn't have clothes um, while she's stuck during this whole situation. She's wearing clothes. She's wearing clothes. <laughs> she doesn't have all of her maternity um, wardrobe right. with right. her, unfortunately.
1: Gotcha. All right, you're listening to today's
0: issues. Fred, tell folks where they can watch this here show. Hey, listen, go to uh, AFA. Uh, streaming.afa.net. Right. Uh, that's the first place to go to see today's issues, uh, but also to our Facebook page and just uh, go to today's issues and you can see us if you wish to see us do radio. And uh, that's available to you. Podcasts also. So we've got many ways. Uh, that you can listen into today's issues. St. Chris, next story.
4: Uh, we want to update people on the situation we have reported about a lot on this show and others uh, here on American Family Radio. Kurt Cameron is going to be at a story reading hour today in Indianapolis, Indiana. I confirmed this with his office uh, late yesterday. Uh, Cameron was wanting to go to various public libraries and read his new children's book, which is called As You Grow, it teaches kids about the fruits of the spirit. Kirk was on the show last week talking about this issue. Um, they had about 50 libraries, public taxpayer-funded taxpayer libraries, reject his request to appear and read this book in front of kids. Many of these same libraries are the ones that hold drag queen story hours, uh, to which uh, Kirk Cameron and his people wrote these libraries and said, hey, this is viewpoint discrimination discrimination. I'm prepared to go to court if I have to, to assert my constitutional rights. And two libraries, as he told us last week, uh, did uh, agree to host him, and he is going to be at a public library today in Indianapolis, Indiana. He will be in Scarsdale, New York, tomorrow. That's about 25 miles outside of the Big Apple, talking about his book, which, again, involves uh, teaching kids about the fruits of the Spirit. He All of this happened because he took action. And as Fred and I talked about this morning on the morning show if you aim for nothing, you're going to hit it. So you might as well exercise your rights and do what you know you are allowed to do, which in this case, Kurt Cameron did do.
0: Yeah, Fred. Yeah, exactly. And kudos to Kurt Cameron for uh, taking the initiative to fight this. And and we were talking about early uh, on the early show this morning is that Christians have to do this. And it's an opportunity also to witness uh, has to, you know, when people ask, why why are you fighting this? Well, I'm fighting this because we want to get the gospel message out and we still have a right in this country. We still have freedom of religion and we're not going to let the far left crowd uh, extinguish that right. So get out there, be salt and light and uh, do it as Kirk Cameron did, in love, but be be firm about it. Yeah. and And there are legal firms out there that are willing to help Christians pro bono in these battles. Great, you know, Alliance Defending Freedom, Liberty Council, others, uh, Pacific Justice Institute. They are there to help you fight these legal battles, and Christians have to be mindful of that. Right.
2: Well, God bless Kirk Cameron. He's going to be good there in Indianapolis and where he goes tomorrow. And it just shows the difference, Fred. We say we, we can't. We can't speak out. Yes, we can, and we can make a difference. And you can do it on a local level. Kirk Cameron can do it. We all got to speak out, Fred, 100% right.
1: Yeah, Kirk was poking the devil there.
2: Yeah.
1: Huh? That's okay. And good for That's him. Okay. because yeah. yeah, because these libraries had welcomed the uh, drag queen readings for mm-hmm. children. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, then I'll go and read my Christian-oriented book uh, and they initially said, "No, you can't. We don't allow for your kind." <laughs> he said, "Well, really, we'll go to court." And they said, "Okay, come on, come on.
2: Yeah, <laughs> all
1: right, we'll be back momentarily. Stay with us."
4: Hello, this is Walker Wildman, and we want to ask you to consider American Family Radio and American Family Association for your year-end charitable giving. Jude chapter 1 says, To those who are called beloved in God the Father and kept for Jesus Christ, may mercy and peace and love be multiplied to you. So from all of us here at AFA and AFR, we want to wish you a Merry Christmas and a joyous Christ-filled New Year. The changing
1: of the guard at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier at Arlington National Cemetery. Hello, everyone. I'm Tim Wildman, president of American Family Association. And American Family Radio. Hey, on our spiritual heritage tours in June and September of 2023, we're going to be going to the Arlington National Cemetery. It's one of our stops, and we'll be seeing the gravesite of John F. Kennedy. We'll be going to the Changing of the Guard at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier that I just mentioned, which is just a, a very patriotic place to be in those hallowed grounds of Arlington National Cemetery. So... It's going to be just one of our stops and one of our days. We're going to see the Capitol building. We're going all over Washington, D.C., including Mount Vernon, George Washington's home. So if you want to go with us, then go to the website, spiritualheritagetours.com. Spiritualheritagetours.com. The itinerary, the cost, the dates, everything is there. com.
5: Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starn. Stand by for news and commentary next.
6: Uh, my goal as a teacher is, is to impart knowledge and then be able then for them to take it and turn it into wisdom. As we teach, I think, okay, five years down the road, how will the material that
5: I am teaching them really affect their lives and their careers? Hi, Todd Starnes here. Truett offers biblically-centered degree programs. Check out truett.edu slash starnes. Much-anticipated revival of Looney Tunes cartoons has blown up like a crate of Acme Dynamite. The new series debuted on HBO Max, but not before undergoing a 21st century cultural cleansing. It seems Elmer Fudd and Yosemite Sam have been disarmed. The executive producer telling the New York Times Elmer will no longer carry his oversized hunting rifle and Sam won't have his giant pistols. It's not clear if the decision is based on recent school shootings. But that's not to say there won't be any cartoon-style violence. Looney Tunes says there's plenty of episodes where characters get blown up with dynamite and Wile E. Coyote gets flattened with an Acme anvil. But guns? No longer allowed. You know, it sounds to me like somebody dropped a giant Acme anvil on the programmers at HBO. They're really singing a Looney Tune here, folks. Suffer and suck attach. I'm Todd Stearns.
6: One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek Him in His temple.
0: Psalm 27 for American Family Radio. This is Today's Issues. Email your comments to comments at AFR.net. Past broadcasts of Today's Issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now, back to more of Today's Issues.
1: Welcome back, everybody, to today's issues on American Family Radio. Tim, Fred, Chris, and Ray. Ray, you watched that uh, Arkansas Kansas game last night? Oh, Bowl?
2: oh man! You know I tuned in when Arkansas was up, what thirty-eight to thirteen or something, twenty-five like that. points in the yeah, second yeah, half. just just impossible, just impossible. You're almost ready to turn the channel. That's right. That's All right. right. And then one thing led to another, and. Uh, suddenly Kansas woke up. And I think, I guess, Tim, if you're Arkansas, when you're up 25 points in the second half, right, you're just trying to Mm -hmm. get to the end of the game because you typically don't lose games Mm -hmm. like that. But that turned into a barn burner, didn't it?
1: Yeah, it was an amazing uh, fourth quarter. If you like college football, even if you didn't, your eyes would have been glued to
2: that because the way that the game – turned, you know, turned around. Well, and, and they, had to, they had to recover an onside kick, which was impossible, yeah. right? Nobody ever does that, yeah. had to right. recover an onside kick, had to go down and score with 50 seconds left and no timeouts, and Kansas, Kansas, they had you're, to make Kansas a, a two, you're talking about, yeah. Right, Kansas, I'm yeah. sorry, yeah. it was 38-30, to 30. Yeah. they made an onside kick, they recovered it, which nobody ever does. They scored with like, what, 16 seconds left and yeah. still had to make an impossible Two two-point point conversion mm-hmm. just to tie the game to go into overtime.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was amazing. It was an amazing game. It was a Liberty Bowl in Memphis, and it was uh, I think they said it was the first time Arkansas had ever played Kansas. I want to say that, or in 100 years. I'm yeah, or something. Yeah. Those states are so close. I'm right. shocked that it's been that long since they played uh, each other, but it was an entertaining game uh, if you didn't care who won. If you did care, then you could have possibly suffered a heart attack. <laughs> uh, I think they went to three overtimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, was, it was remarkable. All right. You're listening to
0: today's issues on American Family Radio. Well, we're glad to have our good friend back with us, Fred. Absolutely. Jan Markell uh, from the balmy city of Minneapolis. And uh, she's joining us. She's host of Understanding the Times Heard right here on American Family Radio on the weekends. 1 p.m. Central on Saturday and at 12 noon on Sunday. And, Jan, we always start a conversation with you, something about the the weather in Minneapolis. You know, we've heard a lot about Buffalo, but honestly, did did Minneapolis just kind of roll with it?
3: Well, um, yes and no. We had uh, wind chills at minus 60 below zero last week, and today we can go swimming.
0: So go figure. Did you say minus sixty or sixteen when minus
3: minus six six oh minus six the wind wow. chill with minus sixty below zero during the terrible storm uh but today it's forty degrees, so we're sitting on the deck
1: okay, I gotta ask you, Jan. <laughs> I've seen these commercials by the u s postal service yeah. where where they're always they doesn't matter rain sleet snow <laughs> wind chill doesn't matter the mail will be in your mailboxes. Did you go out and get your mail? <laughs>
3: <laughs> I did not because I have to walk about a half a block to get okay. my mail, so it just sat there.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, I, I, I'm teasing the. Uh, we have a lot of uh, postal delivery folks who listen to us. So I'm only, I'm yeah. only, ki- I'm only kidding around, but I can't imagine uh, having to deliver the mail under those circumstances.
3: Well, uh, you know, Tim, you raise a good point, and that is, there are a lot of people who have to be outdoors for their occupation. And it's not easy in certain parts of the country. So, yeah, it's something to think about.
1: All right. Well, uh, tell us about your what your ministry has been up to recently.
3: Well, um, obviously, we air a, a radio program on about 900 stations. One of our favorite networks is, without a doubt, American Family Radio. And I've been doing this about 23 years now. So the problem, I think, is I can't keep up with everything that's going on because the headlines and the bylines change every hour, practically. So I think you gentlemen would have an appreciation for that.
0: Oh, absolutely. And, Jan, whenever I can, I tune into your programs. And it is it is an amazing program, Understanding the Times, Jan, because you take what's going on out there, uh, whether it's an economic situation or uh, what what people are saying about globalism, and you you yeah. take today's news and you apply scripture to it. Uh, it's 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 an amazing program.
3: Well, we we certainly try to do that, uh, uh, Fred. And and again, you know, our times are, again, I'm repeating myself, as are changing so quickly and 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 generally not for the good. Uh, we have you know the rush to globalism, which we're going to see more of in 2023 um where on on earth the so called pandemic is going in in twenty twenty three i don't think we know, but China is now just overrun with covid and the Chinese are flying all over the world. Does that mean we're headed back into you know into the forest here with
1: no 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 oh, I- no Boston. no yeah. no <laughs> we do, we we're, we do we're going charismatic. And we do, not receive, we do not receive that, Jan. Okay, just erase well, that last 60 seconds.
3: Uh, uh, yep, uh, yep, sorry. Well, you
1: know what? I saw that yesterday. I was scanning yeah. the news, and I saw exactly what you said. COVID yeah. is exploding all over China, and the Chinese yeah. are traveling all over the world now. And I was thinking to myself, uh, we in for a deja vu all over again here now. I fear that. I fear it. I do. Oh my goodness gracious! Well, I don't know about the severity of this strand, but uh, or if it's multiple strands. But I did see COVID. China's been under COVID lockdown, strict mm-hmm. as you know, yeah. But, and uh, communist totalitarian government, and now they have stopped that, and now the uh, now, in fact, the Biden administration announced. Yesterday or the day before that, uh, now they're requiring people who come from China to the
0: U.S. to have a negative COVID test. Yeah,
4: within two days. That is right. Getting on that plane, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: Right. Anyway, go ahead, yes. Yeah, well, uh, Jan, the other news is that the uh, today in Israel, uh, Benjamin Netanyahu became prime yeah. minister once again. And uh, just reading well, how the media is treating this, you mm-hmm. know, uh, the word right-wing government, ultra-nationalist, you name it. Yeah. Uh, uh, if you, you mean d- in a put down of Netanyahu? Oh yes, yes, uh, very, yes. very yes. much so. So why why is the mainstream media so upset that Benjamin Netanyahu has become prime minister again?
3: Well, I mean Netanyahu is basically a conservative, maybe not to the degree that you and I would appreciate conservatism, uh, which which would be obviously even more to the right. But nonetheless, the media in Israel is just like. Most of the mainstream media in America is hard left. It hates values, conservative values. Um, Netanyahu has made promises that, that lean very strongly to the right. They're very, I'm, I'm so pleased with everything that I'm hearing. This is his 15th year of serving, obviously interrupted for several years and a couple of times. Um, I, I have great faith in him. However, I think the thing we're going to see in 2023, it may be the top story of 2023, is uh, Israel's going after the Iranian nukes. She's going to take them out. Now, some are underground and in mountains, et cetera. she really take a miracle to get to them. But this Netanyahu has promised to do this. They have no choice but to do this, or they could become a victim. So I think we'll see this in 2023. Um and I think there'll be a lot of casualties, and, and Israel may be even persecuted for the favors she did to the world by <clears> trying to disarm Iranian nukes.
1: You know, I, I, the Israelis might, and I'm sure they are already doing this, uh, might not necessarily use uh, warplanes to travel to Iran. Mm-hmm. That's a 1,000 that's miles, although they might. Yeah. Who knows? But they might. The, the, yeah. But the cyber warfare— and and uh spies and things of that nature yes, yes. You no, know, I mean, they have their ways Israeli intelligence does in defense to because Israel knows, as Jan has mentioned many times, and Ray, I'd like you to comment on this, you know, Israel can't afford um to <laughs> play games, so to speak, uh,
3: absolutely
2: they can't yeah go go ahead, Ray. Israel has one chance and one chance only. It reminds me of what uh, President Bush used to say about the terrorists in general. Uh, we have to be right every time. The bad guys only have to be right once. And Israel is vulnerable uh, in terms of geography, right there on the eastern edge of the Mediterranean, relatively small area. Uh, there are a lot of ways uh, Iran could do terrible damage to Israel. So, Jan, I'm, I am... Encouraged by what you said, uh, I hope they go in there and take out, uh, take out every single missile and silo that uh, Iran yeah. has. As you said, the real problem is a lot of those are buried deep underground, hard to get to.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Again, they may do it more subtly, uh, cyber cyber spies. Who knows? Um, but it's going to be a, dra- a drama. It's not going to be a pretty one, and I think Israel will end up sort of being the goat of the world for the favor she's done to the world. But she's played that role for a long, long, long time, um, and so this is really nothing new. But this is on a whole new level, gentlemen. When we talk about taking out nuclear reactors, there are dozens of them. The one in Iraq in 1981, there was one nuclear reactor with one death in 1981. So this is a whole different picture right now.
0: All right, Jan, what you got coming up this weekend?
3: Uh, Jack Hibbs and Charlie Kirk um, are going to be talking about, again, this uh, one world government that's forming World Economic Forum, et cetera. So um, I think you'll find it interesting.
0: All right, Jan. Well, stay warm. uh, And uh, we look forward to talking to you again real soon. And happy New Year to you. Thank
3: you. And you. Thank you so much, gentlemen. Okay,
0: bye now. uh Jan's show is called Understanding
1: the Times, and it's heard Saturdays at 1 p.m. Central Time and Sundays at noon Central Time right here on American Family Radio.
2: I, I have, a, I have a, a question. I don't know the answer to Mr. Netanyahu. How many times has he been the prime minister of Israel? This is what?
0: Third? This is third time. He had a stint in the 1990s and then consistently from 2009 to 21. And then he had some legal issues, which are still kind of out there, which Mm -hmm. people blame for him losing that election. And now he's back in again. Of course, Israel's been having a lot of elections in recent years. It's just because of the 20 plus parties that they have, that they have to deal with. They have to build coalitions. There's no party there. That can be the government all by itself, something very foreign to us here in America. Yeah, But they have to build these coalitions, and uh, this current coalition is perhaps the most conservative that they've had. Uh, they are going to keep those settlements building on the West Bank, better known as Samaria and Judah, Judea, and uh, uh, they're, they're very, very conservative. They also have a party of uh, very conservatives— who are outspoken about uh, the homosexual agenda? So, uh, if you thought it was going to be a quiet period now in Israel, think again. Yeah, but they've had like four or five
1: presidential elections. <laughs> not well. It's not president. It's uh, they do a,
4: have a president though.
1: Prime minister, mm-hmm. right? Prime and minister,
0: yes. Yeah, yeah.
1: In the last five years, right? <laughs> it's, I mean, we've been over there, and it's like every year we go, it's a new ah. You yeah. never talk about never getting out of an election. Yes. Uh, cycle out. Uh, but would you call that? Is that a parliamentarian system like you have in Canada?
0: It's a parliamentary
1: system. Okay. Correct. Yes. Which, uh, which they also have in Great Britain. Yes. All right. You're listening to today's issues on American Family Radio. Uh, Alex McFarlane joins us now. Good morning, Alex. Good
6: morning, everybody.
1: Uh, host of, co-host of Exploring the Word with Bert Harper each afternoon from 3 to 4 o'clock Central Time right here on American family radio. All right, Ray, yes. we have a question we want to pose to Dr. like Farland. Do you have that in front of you or do you remember it from our meeting?
2: That's the question about, uh, about why the young people don't want to yeah. engage. Okay. Okay. Alex, uh, you're yes. in touch with, with the young generation of Christians we're talking about. And apparently, apparently they don't want to engage They don't want to have difficult conversations with people. They don't even want to be friends with somebody who has different views with them. I mean, we're talking about Christian young people who ought to have a burden for evangelism. What's happening? What's happened to the
6: younger generation of Christians? Well, God bless you, and thank you for taking on uh, such a topic, what I believe is a very important topic. And, uh, you know, I I think there has been in um, much of the American church kind of a— muddying of the waters about what it means to be a disciple and and what love is as well and and we know that salvation is through faith in Jesus Christ the Son of God who died on the cross and rose from the dead and we are saved by putting our faith in Jesus and what he did on the cross but being a disciple you know uh, New Testament wise and throughout church history I mean being a disciple means being a witness for Christ taking up our cross, and living by the Word of God. And so there's a lot of the Christian experience that I feel like for, you know, really now two or three or four decades has just not been preached and taught, and certainly not been taught in a lot of youth ministry, that as a disciple of Jesus, I am to live by the Bible. And the Bible includes a lot of very clear moral instructions about things like uh, right and wrong, sexuality. So, a part of the reason that so many young Christians or profess to be Christians, they would never have a hard conversation with their friends about homosexuality or gender, things like that. Um, they've not been taught that you know being a disciple includes you know talking about hard issues. The other thing, I'll say this, I'll throw back to you guys, is that for, for a lot of Christians, and I think we get this from, you know, people like Andy Stanley and, you know, Willow Creek and the the Christianity light that pervaded us for, you know, a couple of decades, you know, being polite and congenial and just being generally likable, quote-unquote, is each disciple's calling rather than obedient, courageous Christ-likeness. <laughs> but yet, obedient, courageous Christ-likeness is really our calling, not just likability.
0: Is it that the, they want to be liked, Alex, and that's why they want to be silent? And I'm talking about the Christian the Christian kids. They want to be liked by the world? Is that, is that an element of this?
6: Uh, yeah, and and let me say this: uh, respectability can become an idol. I mean, I mean, think about it, guys. You know, uh, a preacher in a pulpit, you know, lovingly but but clearly laying the cards on the table. If you don't repent, you will perish. Jesus said that in Luke thirteen three. All sex outside of marriage is a sin. Um, God loves all people whosoever will may come, but read First Corinthians 6, unrepentant homosexuals don't go to heaven, and nobody is born gay. I mean, to lay these hard but very necessary truths on the table, I mean, that takes a lot of courage. So here's the thing for a lot of younger Christians, and I'm I'm in a different church virtually you know, almost every weekend, 45, 47 weekends out of the year, I, or my wife and I, or some of our volunteers, we're in churches, we're in front of thousands of young people a year. Love, I mean, a lot of kids, not all, but kids will say, well, you know, I'm supposed to love people. Yeah, but but love doesn't just mean um, letting people go unwarned in their sin. You know, and so for a lot, of, I think a lot of professed Christian young people are silent. They would never ruffle any, any feathers because somehow or another their definition of love is that, well, I just keep quiet and live and let live. But but the fact is, you know, our nation is unraveling, and also the fact is that the Bible is clear that um, if I love my neighbor, I'm going to tell them the truth about how to know God and how to live. And so we've got to have the courage And and this must start with parents, pastors, leaders, Christians of influence, uh, that we can show those coming along after us that, look, part of being a disciple is to know truth and proclaim truth. Uh, Whether or not we worry that might offend somebody, our calling is to live and proclaim truth. You know, um, I I was reading Amy Grant's
1: comments recently, you know, the... uh Oh, yes. Gospel oh, yes. singer that uh, many of us grew up on her music, 70s, 80s, and very popular uh, singer, won Grammy Awards and Dove Awards. Anyway, the other day I was reading uh, comments by her, and it is very disappointing because it's just like this is just typical of the garbly gook that's coming out yeah. of spiritual garbly gook that's coming out of so many Christian leaders and entertainers mouths. Uh, they just can't on the lgbtq question they just run for the high grass mm-hmm. or are yeah. yeah. they're affirming this is what this was her answer amy grant's answer she was asked about homosexuality because as alex just said the Bible's not ambiguous about that subject nor is it ambiguous about adultery or um any, as Alex said, sex outside of marriage in any form, the Bible condemns, and so mm-hmm. it, it doesn't. People can be repent of that, but it still is called sin. Mm-hmm. But she, here, mm-hmm. here's what Amy Grant said about the question of homosexuality because she's hosting a wedding for her niece who's gay at her house, and then she said, uh, "I kn- quote, I know that the religious community has not been very welcoming." But I just want to stress that the journey of faith brings us into community, but it's really about one relationship. The journey of faith is just being willing and open to have a relationship with God, and everybody is welcome, everybody. No, that wasn't Vice President Harris. <laughs> that sounded like something yeah. she would say, you just uh, you just go in yeah. circles with Mm-hmm. It was Amy Grant, and I was going, I don't even understand what you just said, except you said, uh, you avoided the question directly, but you did say, Amy Grant, on homosexuality, the journey of faith is just being willing and open to have a relationship with God. Okay, I agree with you on that. And then she goes, and everybody is welcome. I agree with you on that. Everybody, period. So, again, this is a problem we have. um, in the culture today, uh, Alex, mm-hmm. within the church even, she stopped short of saying what needed to be said to finish that uh, doctrinal statement out, if you will. What what was she missing there? Well,
6: you know, um, everybody's attempting- – isn't
1: well- aren't, aren't, aren't it true, Alex, that everybody's welcome?
6: Yes, in the sense of Jesus said, "Whosoever will may come." You know, Old and New Testaments, Isaiah fifty-five one through seven, "Whosoever will, let him take of the water of life freely." Uh, John three sixteen, "Whosoever will may come," but there's there is a a caveat: you must turn from sin to Christ, and do see you know, that, that's uh,
1: what gets you canceled. Mm-hmm. Right there. Exactly. That, that they get you, know you canceled what? from record deals. That get you canceled from concerts. That you get you canceled from YouTube. from being invited to Oprah. Mm-hmm. Show. But I you mean, know what?
6: Read I, Matthew 7, 21 through 24. Jesus is going to cancel some culture, too. Because in Matthew 7, 21 through 24, Jesus said, and folks, think about this. Jesus said, many will say to me on the judgment day, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name. We testified. Jesus is going to say, depart. I never knew you, those of you who work lawlessness. And so uh, Amy Grant, attempting to legitimize her, her silence on truth, She said Jesus narrowed it down to two things, love God and love each other. But here's the thing, if you're betraying Scripture, you're not loving God. And if you're letting people die in their sins, you're not loving your neighbor. And so respectability and inclusion have become idols before which many in the church are now bowing. And look, I love people. My wife Angie is a great cook, and I want to tell you atheists have sat at our dinner table people struggling with homosexuality have sat down at our dinner table. <laughs> we do love people, but we love people and we love Jesus enough to tell people the truth and we love our savior enough to obey his word. And that's what we have to do as Christians as hard as it might be.
1: Well, yes, because right because what what you if you get up to the the message of the gospel and that is we have to repent of our sin, but yet, you don't even tell people what sin is, right, mm-hmm. that they have right. to repent of. And what good is that?
2: Well, look, th- this whole thing deserves a lot more conversation. Alex has just hit the ball out of the park. Home run, Alex, on saying what needs to be said. Is everybody welcome? Yes, you're all welcome. You're welcome to come, but you're not welcome to come and stay the same. Come to mm-hmm. Jesus And you will be changed, and not just—it's not just the gay, lesbian issue, but anybody who comes to Jesus, you can be welcomed. But but you're not going to stay the same as you were. And if your deal is, I'm going to come to Jesus and set my own terms, the Lord says, no deal. No, no, you don't get to come on your own terms. You come as a sinner, wanting salvation, forgiveness, and transformation. And in that sense, Tim, anybody is welcome. Including Amy Grant, all of her friends, yeah. all of her fans, and mm-hmm. everybody listening to us today.
1: But Yeah, but it's like, uh, you know, what's the old saying, the worst lie is half a truth?
6: Right, <laughs> uh, right. And, Amen. And,
1: and so when Amy Grant says, don't be afraid, you are loved, gay, straight, it doesn't matter, end quote. <laughs> well, that, that's that's half true. It, it, uh, you, you are loved by God, and it, it doesn't matter whether you're gay or straight. We're all sinners. But we all have to repent and turn to Christ, yes. Or else the Bible says we're condemned. But what these a lot of these Christian celebrities want to do, they want to avoid the hard questions because they don't want to answer them. Because when they answer them, that separates them from a lot of money, and uh, that's unfortunate. But that's Mm. the way it is. We'll be back momentarily with more of today's issues. Stay with us.